morning, everyone. We are so glad you're here today. We're so glad you woke up an hour earlier than usual to be here on time. We're ready to worship the Lord. Will you stand with us as we sing? Call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive.
gather this morning is your church, is your people. Father, we're reminded this morning that we need each other. We need other people to show up, to be reminded there's other people that have faith. There's other people of faith in this world. And Father, there are those in the room this morning who are losing their faith today. That they have doubts, they have fears, they have frustrations with you, Father. Father, will you lift all our eyes up today? That we would fix our eyes on you and not on us. That we would fix our eyes on your power and not on our power. That you would, we would fix our eyes on your ability and your sight of our issues. And that we would get our eyes off of our stuff. We're reminded today that you have freed us. You have freed us from separation from you. You freed us from the need to change and manipulate and control this world. Father, we open our hands today. We open our hearts, our futures. We open up ourselves to you. We thank you that you are trustworthy with all that we have. And we all said. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us we pray. Unveil why we're made. Let's sing. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope. Like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your 
grateful for your spirit in our lives. Your spirit that teaches us things, that shows us things, that guides us places um, and unites us. Lord, I pray we are a church that is united under you, under one boss, under one head of the church, and that is Jesus Christ. That we can come together, one, it says one body, one word. May, may us be a church that can follow you and what you have for us in this community. Um, as, this, as we've been singing, we can build your kingdom right here, right here in Woodland Park. Connecting with those that are lost, that don't know you, that are on the fence. I pray you give us the strength to do just that, to follow the voices in, the voice of you in our heart that we can feel and know that it's you and your guidance. I pray you do guide us. That you lead our leader, our pastor. And that we can be united as a church under you. You're grateful for your love and mercy. Thank you for all that you do in our lives. Lord, I pray that you take our offerings this morning to be a part of building your kingdom here and around the world. We have so many blessings in our lives, Lord. We, we should never take for granted that that's not just financial. That's relationships, that's health, that's family. Let us be people of God that give from out of the blessings that you've given us. It's in your name we pray. forgot my eyeballs. There they are. Exodus chapter 19. If you turn with me. Last week we experienced the burning bush scenario with Moses. Moses gets a, a, a clarion call from the Lord. Go, I've heard the cry of my people Israel, and I'm sending you, Moses, to bring them up out of slavery, which they've been inside of now for over 400 years, okay? 
Moses reluctantly agrees to it, and, and so the story unfolds. And between the burning bush and where we are today, there is a whole lot that happens that we unfortunately don't have time just to read through it all, but let me just try to, try to scrape over the, the, the top of it. Um, when Moses shows up to Egypt and stands in front of Pharaoh, Pharaoh kind of was like, laughs at him, like, really, you think I'm just going to let all of the slaves that are, that are building up the kingdom of, of Egypt, you really think I'm just going to let them walk out of here, you're out of your mind. And a series of plagues begin to unfold that are, that are nationwide, okay? And these plagues are, are coming upon the Egyptians in particular, and it's one suffering after another suffering after another after another to the point where the final plague is the firstborn die in their sleep. And the Egyptians wake up to just death all around them, including Pharaoh himself. His own son is found dead in his sleep. And out of this awful misery and this awful uh, grief, Pharaoh just says, get out of here. Go. Leave. I, we can't take any more trauma here in this land because of you. And so Moses leads millions. We don't know how many, but by... By the time they get to this, they're, they're, a, they're an enormous group of people, and they begin to walk out of Egypt, across the desert, toward the promised land. And remember what we saw last week, the Lord said, by the way, Moses, you're going to come back to this mountain, Mount Horeb, where you're going to worship. And we're going to pick up the story at this same mountain. But you've you got to know that the, this generation of, of Israelites, this, we can call them this first generation of the nation of Israel, are experiencing, they're witnessing, they're seeing and hearing um, real-time presence of God in their lives. Not, not just what was happening inside of the, the boundaries of Egypt with these plagues, but, I mean, they get out into the desert, they, they, they bump up to the Red Sea, there's no way to pass. What happens? The Lord parts the waters of the Red Sea, they march right across the Red Sea. You should know that right about this time, Pharaoh changed his mind and said, no way, I want my slaves back. So he was pursuing Israel, and as soon as Israel gets across the water, the Egyptian uh, Pharaoh and his army are right inside of the water, and the waters close up, and the Egyptian army, including Pharaoh himself, are wiped out. Deliverance out of Egypt is complete. As they're marching along, as, as this journey is happening, the Lord's presence is with them day and night. They're, they're following a cloud by day, and at night, a pillar of fire. A pillar of fire. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a pillar of fire. I'm not sure that I've really witnessed a pillar of fire with my own eyes. But if you're talking about a fire that's burning bright enough and, and really burning hot enough that it's keeping them warm out there in the cold, frigid air of, of the desert at night, you can imagine that it's going to be a pretty phenomenal sight. A no doubt this is God doing this kind of a sight. That is what they're experiencing all the way through this journey, start to finish. 
And we pick up the story right at chapter 19. They're at the foot of the mountain now. Let's just pick up the reading right at verse 1. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on the very day that they came to the desert of Sinai, after they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. And this is the same mountain, Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, one and the same. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. There's this incredible promise to all of them. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be For me, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses returns. He goes back, summons the elders of the people because his voice isn't loud enough to talk to over a million people. So he does what any good communicator does. He brings a committee together so they can go and pass on the news. Okay? Summon the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together. We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. The Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day, because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the put put limits for the people around the mountain or, or, or boundary markers. Okay? Put boundary markers around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Stay outside the boundary markers. Whoever touches the mountain will be put to death. They are to be stoned or shot with arrows, not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live that crosses these boundary markers. Uh, this is getting to sound pretty intense, right? I mean, this is, we're talking about the presence of the almighty creating God of all the universe is going to physically reveal himself in a way that has yet to have been experienced. Prepare yourselves for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. On the morning of the third day, imagine this. Just picture it as as you're hearing it, as you're reading it. On the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a a thick cloud over the mountaintop and, and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Now see, Realize context here. If this is the first time that they would have experienced the power of God, I, I, can, I can understand the trembling. But realize this is all they've been experienced from, from day one with Moses showing up on the, on the scene is one incredible display of power after another, after another, after another, after another. So, 
when you're talking about this scene causing them to tremble this way, you've got to amplify, you have to multiply the display. Whatever your imagination, however great your imagination is functioning right now, I would times it by a hundred. That's how intense the presence is. Even though they've seen all this incredible stuff, what they're seeing right now has got them shaking in their boots. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. And the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up, and the Lord said to him, Go down and warn the people so that they don't force their way through to see the Lord, because many of them will perish. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves, or the Lord will break out against them. But Moses' response was, you've already, you've already told us, okay, people can't come up to Mount Zion because you yourself warned us, put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. The Lord replied, go down and bring Aaron up with you, but the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord or I will break out against them. And so Moses went down and told the people. Now, the next phase of this is the Ten Commandments. The, the giving of the law happens, scripted out on, on tablets of stone, delivered to the hands of Moses who, who delivers it to the hands of the people. But I, I want to fast forward a little bit, and I, I don't think Doug has this ready. Just listen to this. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet, and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled in fear. They stayed at a distance, and they said to Moses, this is, this is their response to this incredible sight. Moses, you speak to us. Speak to us yourself, and we will listen. But please, do not have God speak to us, or we will die. This, this intensity, this splendor, this um, devastating, violent sound and activity is so terrifying that in spite of all they've already experienced, they're like, we can't take this. We can't take this. So you, you Moses, you go, you hear from him and then deliver the message to us because his voice is going to slay us. I'm asking for a moment that you will just drink this picture in. And, and maybe it's because we have a tendency to take for granted the presence of the Lord in our lives. We have a tendency to take it for granted. We have a tendency to ignore it. 
to just assume that he's there and he's always there. But this story is a humbling reminder of the awesomeness of the presence of the Lord. A presence that we, we can ill afford to take for granted. The writer of Hebrews expounds on this way towards the end of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 12, the latter half of, of the, the chapter, the writer of Hebrews is expounding on, on this story. And he's connecting the dots between the relationship that Israel has with, with God here at this mountain and the relationship that the church has with Jesus. Starting at verse 18, he says this, You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, this is quoting the command, if even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you, church, have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. Okay, I'm going to read that again because I'm not sure you're catching on to the vibe here. So I'm going to try this again. I'm going to see if maybe I get a little response. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it, you do not refuse him who speaks. So precious. And church, I... When, 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 I, when I look at the story of Mount Sinai and, 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 I, and, and the dots are connected by, by the writer of Hebrews, we're just very quickly, abruptly, and poignantly reminded that we are in the presence of greatness. We are in the presence of greatness, a greatness that is cannot be defined by the word great. A greatness that, that cannot be defined by the word awesome, spectacular, phenomenal. Whatever your best ultimate description can be, understand that he goes way beyond that. That is our We have no limits. We have 
have no boundary markers that require us to stay away from that mountain anymore. Because a guy named Jesus laid himself down on a cross with blood that cries out stronger than Abel's blood. Cries out with with a redeeming grace and mercy and power that blows out the boundary markers that were once in place and allows us sinners to move into the presence of the Almighty by grace and mercy. That is the truth about us today. I want you to know that I had a Mount Sinai burning bush moment this week. And it's, it's why I sent the email out that you received. I wanted you to hear about this firsthand. And I wanted you to, as best as possible, I hope you can experience today what I experienced this week. It begins with a, a confession. And I can see the parents going, oh, Brother Jesus, what are you going to say? Here, kids, take the cell phone, get the headphones on. No, nothing like that. I've been doing it wrong. I've been missing the mark. And it starts personally, okay? So what I'm sharing with you is is, is very personal. It's, I'm sharing a vulnerable testimony with you today. The last couple of years have, have been terrific, and we have been doing things in here um, that's, that's, that's been great and wonderful, and, and we're connecting with the community, and, and kind of all the goals that we, we set out to accomplish, we, we're seeing those things unfold. The, the story of Woodland Life Center is, is great, and, and the trajectory of, of Woodland Life Center is, 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 is upward, okay? But I was slapped around quite a bit this week because I was reminded of something very basic, very fundamental, that when, when Jesus delivered the, the great commission to his disciples just before ascending into heaven, he did not say, go and make great churches. He did not say, go and create great worship bands. He didn't say, go and build great activity centers to, so, that, so that you can be in the center point of all community activity. 
He simply said, go and make disciples. I did I had to grade myself this week on my disciple-making. I've been making some disciples, but the, tr- the truth is my disciple-making has been far more circumstantial than it has been intentional. What I mean is I, if, if, if a circumstance happens in somebody's life, I will engage it, and discipling will take place, and, 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 and I will minister. And I will, so... Some discipleship, some some disciple-making has happened. I'm I'm speaking to me personally. The the honest, and this is not self-deprecating, and this is not false humility, I believe that my honest grade of my disciple-making, my intentional disciple-making is somewhere around a C+. And folks, that's just not good enough. I, the Holy Spirit downloaded a picture into my heart and my mind, and it, and it's, it was a picture of P.T. Barnum. And I'm sure you've all seen The Greatest Showman um, by this point. If you haven't, you should. But... You know, he, he gets the circus going, and, and, and he's developed these connections with these, with these hurting, broken, lost people, pulls them together, creates a family. But, but because he continues to try to prove himself more and prove himself more and prove himself more, he begins to pursue other things, leaving behind the very people that he's pulled together to try to create this family so that the show could impact the community. And it all falls apart. It all kind of breaks down around him till he realizes. And, and I think that's been me. Pulling off the three-ring circus here. Creating the greatest show that we can create. Whether we're talking about Sunday mornings or Tuesday nights, they both fall under the same tent, Okay. And the Holy Spirit's like, this, this is you, Brian. But it, but it, it starts personally. And, and so in, inside of this reality check, inside of this burning bush, Mount Sinai moment that I'm, that I'm having with him, the, the question kind of begins to rise up inside of me. Well, okay, who? And... And I'm telling you, and I, I'm not exaggerating, but just about the time that I'm wrestling with the who question, <laughs> I get a text from my son. wept for about 30 minutes. Realizing that I couldn't give myself even a better grade with my own children. 
that the discipling of my own children has been happening accidentally or circumstantially, just the same as everybody else. Removing the pastor hat, even removing the husband hat and the dad hat, I had to say, as a Christian man, I have not been on purpose about discipling. The whole foundation upon which this whole thing is supposed to exist. I've just kind of been going around it. So I promised him I was going to do it differently from this point forward. And I'm promising you that I'm going to do this differently from this point forward. And in the midst of this journey, the Holy Spirit downloaded into me a discipleship ministry vision called Re23. Let me explain. <clears throat> and and, and but I understand that as I get into this, as, as I don't want you to get confused. This isn't replacing what's happening, okay? This isn't, we're, we're, not, we're not deleting or suspending anything that's already going on. What we're doing is we're flipping this whole thing upside down, and this is going to be the new foundation upon which everything else is happening, okay? Read 23, the, the 23 comes out of um, Matthew 18, where it says, where two or three are gathered together, there I am. It's, 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 it's in its simplest form, pointing out our intimate connections that need to be in place with someone. In fact, I would suggest, and, and um, again, my, my personal testimony here, it, it would be hard for any of us to go beyond about this many people with real discipleship. Read 23, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be also. The re represents a few words that, that are just going to kind of permeate this whole concept. The first one is rethink. I'm having to rethink the intentionality that I have with my relationships and the intentionality that I have with the discipleship. Now, some of us in this room do this well already. You're, wi you're already wired that way. You've been walking it out, and that's great. There's, there's a few of us that that's probably true. But I'm assuming, I'm guessing, and I'm, I'm assuming I'm right, that most of us are kind of right where I'm at here. That as I'm testifying, you're kind of like, you're, I mean, great, you're grading yourself right now with your intentional discipleship. Don't call it out. Just keep it to yourself, but be honest. Rethinking the, the, the foundational, fundamental piece to discipling and the intentionality that has to be in place 
for this to really happen. The second re word is relate. A few, hardly more than this, that, that are in your life or in your circle or somebody that the Lord has placed on your heart that you know this, is, this relationship is supposed to develop for this purpose, for the intentionality of either allowing them to disciple you or for you to bring discipling into their life. The third word being this, revolution. The revolution that is going to take place is that when, and, and, and I'm talking about me, I know that when I disciple my kids and, 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 and a few others that are going to be put on my heart to do this, the revolution will be that they will reproduce that very thing. They will begin to become disciple makers themselves with intentionality. And by walking that out, guess what? It will be reproduced again. The, the truth is we're sitting in this room right now because that kind of intentionality has been in place since day one of the church. I don't want to be P.T. Barnum anymore. I don't, or I, I don't want that to define me anymore. So I'm taking off that hat. I just want to, I want to be in real relationship with a few people that I know it will begin to multiply. Folks, that that is the foundation that, that should be, and it's going to be the foundation of my life from this point forward. And I understand that where the pastor is going, the, the church typically will follow. Otherwise, you know, that's, <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. But I'm assuming that that's going to be the foundation of who we are. Elementary stuff here back to the basics kind of stuff here. But it makes sense. It's resonating in my heart. I mean, this whole thing, what we're doing, preaching through the, through the whole of Scripture this year, the point of that was so that we would have a better understanding of the whole of Scripture. How better, how best can that happen? Not, not from the here on a Sunday morning, but in and one-on-one, -on -one, iron sharpens iron kind of relationships that are happening on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays and Mondays. So I put it out there. Now you know what's going on in my journey. And I wanted you to hear this firsthand today. Because I want to know if the Lord is talking to you about the same thing today. So as, as Sarah just moves up here to the keyboard for 
few moments with, with your eyes closed, position of real self, uh, I want to say self-discovery, but it, 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 it's, it's a, it, you're having this, this God moment right now, the Spirit of God is moving. If you feel like the Lord is speaking to you about what he's been speaking to me about, then I was just want to ask you to simply respond by just getting out of your seat and coming, and we're just going to we're just gonna stand up here together. I, I, I just, I just, you know, I want to know who's, who's on this journey with me. Anyone? thing as, as we're going. And I want to say a prayer of, <clears throat> it's a prayer of dedication over this, but uh, maybe it is. I, I don't really have a, a better term than that. But I, I'm just, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit infills you this with this like he has infilled it with me. And then we're going to proceed accordingly. Jesus you are our Savior. And you are our Lord. And we have come to the mountain today, overwhelmed by your majesty, by your power, by your might. And then we're humbled by your grace and your mercy that, that because of your blood, Jesus, you have you have blasted through, allowed us to blast through the boundary markers, and 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 we're having one-on-one -on -one experience, encounter with, with the presence of the living God of all the universe. You have reconciled us to you, and now you have called us to be ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors. This is, this is what Paul says in, in Corinthians and how he describes this. This whole thing of disciple making is, is fundamental and, 
it's paramount, but it's it's foundational. It's 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 the core of of who we are and what we are to be doing. And this day and age, our relationships are so arm's length anymore. We feel connected and yet we feel disconnected all at the same time. Social media has done that and and you name it. There, there are a number of factors, even, even just living up here in the mountains where our tendency is to go into a little more isolation than those that are in the, the urban. It's just, there's so many factors to this, but we, we are confessing to you today our need for real connection with one another. And so I'm asking Holy Spirit that you will infuse in these that have said yes to this, to this re-23 concept that, that you will infuse in them your heart and your mind and your vision for what it is that you would have for them. I pray that you will surface in them right now the few relationships that you want them to fan into flame in a disciple-making, intentional disciple-making reality. Knowing that this is the beginning of a revolution. And it starts right here with the individual having a loving relationship with you and a loving relationship with the few around you. We skipped over the Ten Commandments today. We'll get to that, but you said, Jesus, there really is no particular greatest commandment except that it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything about the law and the prophets hangs on these two commands. And man, we've done we've done really good. I, I give us a, 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 a strong A with our loving you, but our loving one another, man, I'm asking Holy Spirit that you will just pour your truth into us and by your grace and your mercy, you will reshape us, cause us to rethink, relate, and let the revolution unfold from there. So breathe a fresh wind and fresh fire on these folks. The fruit of this belongs to you. And it's in the mighty, mighty, powerful name of Jesus we all prayed and everybody here said, amen. We're going we're gonna to spend a little more time in worship and, I, and, and you, can, you can head back to your seats. And as we're, as we're worshiping, I, I want you to be thinking about the few that are in your life, asking the Holy Spirit to surface the names and then here's one more thing one more instruction my phone number's coming up on the screen because we, we want to we want to have 
um, some form of, uh, of understanding and, and, and some kind of organization to this, all I'm asking is that you would text me. Those of you that came and responded, make sure your name is attached to your text so that I know whose phone number belongs to who. And if there are any names that are on your heart and your mind, I'd just like to have that list because I, I want to be praying over that with you. And if there are any bridges that we need to help build, we want to we wanna help with that. So if you could just start shooting that information to this phone number, well, that'll help kind of get this thing rolling a little bit. Jesus, this is... This is us just being honest in front of you. So as we worship together, as we, as we worship through reflection and, and soaking in, in this paradigm, this, this reality, move freely among us and continue to speak your heart and your mind into ours. If you stand, let's 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 celebrate and worship. Oh my that the highest king we welcome. I was lost but he brought me out of oh, his love for me. Oh his love
testimony, just say amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you, and fill you with his presence and his peace. Have an empowered week. See you next time.